Good morning. I'm reminded as we're just having this lovely atmosphere of the Lord's presence today, I'm reminded of some of the poetry that came out of the Lewis Revival um, when the Spirit of God was hovering over communities and the churches were crowded with people. Um, you know, just a, a, a line of the poetry came into my mind that talks about, you know, the people are writing and they're saying, isn't grace wonderful? It comes down from on high like dew, giving life in place of death and glory in place of ignorance. And, uh, you know, I feel like the Lord is settling on us today like dew. The grace of God just comes and settles upon us. And uh, I pray that, the you know, we are going to keep going this morning and keep seeking the Lord and keep being in him. So today we're still looking at the second theme of um, raising faith and the God's heart for children and for young people and for our call to minister to children and young people and with them and to them and, uh, and the, the home being the place, the primary place of mission and discipleship. Uh, and I want to just start today by giving an encouragement to parents, and I speak as a parent, three children, uh, because it's not easy in today parenting. <laughs> I, spoke to, um, I spoke to a parent this week, actually, who, through tears, was describing something tough they were going through in their family at the moment, and it's no fault of theirs, it's just something tough, it's just something messy that they've got in their family at the moment. And, you know, I came away from that just with such a great longing for God to move in that household, but also in all our families. We all need the touch of Jesus because, it nothing, you know, life doesn't go in a straight line, does it? No, it's messy. It is tough most of the time. It's hard. And it's wonderful that we can come and worship the Lord. And we don't just worship Jesus when things are going well and We've got a smile on our face. Uh, true worship and sacrificial praise is when we worship God in the mess and in the struggles and the trials. And for, for parents, there's a lot about parenting that's amazing and precious and awesome. And there's a lot that is broken and struggle and uh, heartache. And, and I'm sure parents can relate to that. And I think we need to come alongside parents and grandparents and bring encouragement and bring support and compassion, and empathy, and sensitivity. It's not easy to be a parent at the moment. But I also want to call us towards hope as well. Uh, if you turn with me, um, you know, a couple of examples of this. A beautiful example I saw in scripture is Timothy, actually. If you just turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and here's, a, here's an encouragement for us as parents as well. And grandparents, and and again, all I'm applying today, I'm I'm really talking about, you know, the, the children that you have an influence on. It might be you're a godparent. It might be that you are a parent, a grandparent, a carer. It might be that you're a teacher, or it might be that there are children within your orbit of your family life and your your life that you can just chapter one. And it's, let's, let's just go from verse 3. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. 
and I am now persuaded lives in you also. You see, this is Paul writing to Timothy as a young man, Timothy. And he's reminding Timothy, he's praying for Timothy. And he's saying, I see something in you, Timothy, that I saw in your grandmother and your mother. And I think, wow, go Eunice and Lois. <laughs> Aren't they amazing? I mean, Timothy is amazing, but actually he got his faith through his grandmum and his mum. Uh, that's how the Spirit of God worked in Timothy. And Timothy, whole books of the Bible are written to Timothy. And he was a, a leader in the church, uh, in the early church. And let's just move on to, in chapter 3, actually, because it goes on. Second uh, Timothy 3 and verse 14. But that is, again, Paul writing to Timothy. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and what you have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Again, do you see that there? Paul is giving us a little snapshot into where Timothy got his discipleship from. From infancy, you've known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise to salvation for salvation. Now, there is a message to us as we seek to bring our children up in the, in the nurture and the instruction of the Lord. To bring them up from infancy to know the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make them wise for salvation. Uh, I, I, I praise God that my parents gave me that gift. You know, from a young age, I'd learn, you know, Psalm 23, learn, uh, you know, all, all sorts of things, the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments. I can still remember it now, and I can still remember it in the King James Version that I was taught it in. You know, I'm the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and from the land of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Uh, you know, all the way through the Ten Commandments. Do our children know the Ten Commandments? Do they know the Lord's Prayer? Do they, you know, the, uh, there's so much. Have you ever noticed how kids sing the lyrics to songs and they know them all? You notice that? They, they can learn the Ten Commandments. They can learn the Lord's Prayer. They can learn Scripture. And from infancy, God wants them to be wise to salvation. And I think we've got so many examples in Scripture of where God was at work in children and raised them up to be really wonderful children and men and women of God. There's so many examples in Scripture. Many of, some of them are unnamed, like, uh, like Naaman's... Uh, uh, servant who brought who who brought Naaman to the knowledge of of the prophet Elijah uh, Elisha sorry and uh, some of them are named like Rhoda in the New Testament you know she's there she's named as a, as a girl there in the New Testament and the spirit of God was on her she was a girl who was in the early church was with the believers while they were praying about the release of Peter a girl mentioned uh, and here we have in uh, scripture in first Samuel 3 a boy is mentioned, Samuel. And we're, what we're focusing on today is family discipleship. Uh, it says in, in Proverbs 14, you know, those who fear the Lord have a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. Yeah? You fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord in you will be a refuge for them. And for Samuel here in 1 Samuel 3, I want us to look at five truths to help us in our family discipleship. 
bringing up children and young people, influencing them, loving them, supporting them, caring for them in a way that will lead them towards Jesus. So let's look at these five things. The first one is this. Um, It's that God's word is rare today. And let's just look at the first verse. The boy Samuel, uh, interesting, we don't know how old he was, but it says the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord until under Eli in those days. Sorry, in those days the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. So Samuel is growing up in the temple as a boy and there's not much happening that's spiritually good. It's a dry time spiritually. It's a sort of a silent time. There's not visions, there's not people hearing from God. That's, that's quite tragic, isn't it? To grow up without that. Uh, the word of the Lord was rare. And I think today is a similar time. The word of the Lord is rare now. There are many uh, people who don't know God and don't know his word. When I go into schools like Staples Road and take assemblies, I find there are lots of children who don't know the basics of the Bible. Don't know the basics that we probably, lots of us, almost inherited in some way culturally. But now it's not there. The foundation has been removed. The Bible says when the foundation is removed, what can the righteous do? Because the word of the Lord is, was rare in that day and it's rare in our day. We're in troubled times. We are living in troubled times. You know, when we don't know who to trust, and there's been a lot about that in the news this week. Who can you really trust in this world? That, the truth is Jesus. <laughs> that is the truth. But we don't know, it's often we don't know who to turn to in the world today. And the word of the Lord is rare. So many people don't know the truth and are offended by the truth or sin is celebrated or uh, there's an attack on truth and ethics and morality today. The word of the Lord is rare and people don't know God's word. And God sees that in Israel in Samuel's time and now in our time. Samuel lived at a time of transition from judges They were about to move into the time where kings were to be established. And it was going to be, God was going to raise up Samuel to anoint King Saul. And then later on, King David. A whole new new era in Israel's history. Um, But at this time, the word of the Lord was rare. And what did the Lord do when he wanted to speak? He found a boy. And I think it's so interesting. God wasn't after, you know, if you were thinking to yourself today, what, who would God get hold of today? Would he call the Archbishop of Canterbury maybe or the Archbishop of York? Uh, probably not, with due respect to them. Uh, that's why I would never want to be the Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> I'd far rather <laughs> not to do that. Um, but... You know, it's interesting, in, 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 in Luke's gospel it says, you know, in the year that Annas was high priest and Quirinius was governor of Syria, the word of the Lord came to John in the wilderness. And it's the same here. God, the word of the Lord came to Samuel, a boy in the temple, when God's word was rare. I wonder today, and God's word is rare today, who is God going to be 
one who is vulnerable, weak. The Bible says that God's wisdom is not our wisdom. God loves to bless the weak to shame the strong, the wise, uh, the simple to shame the wise. You know, that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons the kingdom of heaven belongs to children that we said last week. It's because they're powerless, they're vulnerable, they're dependent. And so the, that's what the kingdom is like. And so I, it's no surprise that the word of the Lord is going to come to Samuel here. So let's look at this. The word of the Lord is rare. And I pray that God will stir our hearts, actually, as God's church now, that the word of the Lord is rare today and it's on our watch. And we want to be those. We want the word of the Lord to grow, to flourish. If you read the book of Acts, one of the things you see is the spirit of God through the church planting of Paul, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the day of Pentecost, one of the things you hear, you read now and again is the word of the Lord grew and prevailed. The word of the Lord spread. That's what you read in the book of Acts. And actually, that's what we need again. The word of the Lord to spread, to grow, to flourish. It's God's word uh, that we need. So that's the first thing. God's word is rare today. The second thing is God is calling our children Look what it says in verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel. I know I'm not being ageist here. I know God can call anyone at any time. God is God. It's not only children, but it is children as well. May God call you, any of us. But, may, but we need to get this, that God is putting his hand on children's lives because he, if when God wants to find a prophet, he puts his hand on, the, on a child here in Scripture. God is calling our children. God speaks to this child. And Samuel is receptive to God. Do you know why we sung that song, God, Spirit, Break, out, break Our Walls Down? It's because often we get hardened as we go through life. And we become decreasingly receptive Sadly, and we've got that's why we've got to keep breaking up hard hearts, to keep soft, to keep open, to keep ready, to keep saying yes to God, not no, I can't because it's complicated, <laughs> but to say yes to God. And one of the things God found in Samuel his, was, was the right heart, a receptive heart. You notice how the Lord speaks, and he speaks audibly. I've never heard the audible voice of God. I would love to. I'm sure we all would. But the Lord, the audible voice of God comes in the night, unexpectedly. Samuel, and Samuel is receptive. He hears it, but he, he, he's not mature yet, so he, he kind of thinks it's Eli. And here's another thing here uh, about God calling children is that um, uh, he needed to learn to listen. And Eli helped him. Uh, Eli, on the third attempt, clicked. <laughs> ah, that might be the Lord speaking. And so, he, you know, he, next time, Samuel, you need to say, speak, Lord. Samuel, this might be God calling you. Now, isn't that, you know, a beautiful example to us? And I'm going to talk more about this in a minute. But for us to help children listen to God, we need to help support, encourage. They can hear God. One of the big things I always remember, say, for example, when I'm baptizing a child, is God knows how to get through to them. God can speak to children 
He can speak to tiny children. God knows how to speak to babies. He knows how to speak to toddlers. He, his voice can be heard by anyone. God knows how to God to learn to do that. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But here, God is calling our children. And, and in a time when the word of the Lord is rare, I just find it so encouraging. And I pray that even in, even in this world in which we live, which is so uncertain and confused and anxious, and, and where there's a rarity of God's word, I, I hope that you can also catch a bit of this vision sparked in you. God is not finished with us. God is still at work. God is not silent. He is speaking. He is constantly looking. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord roam about through the earth to see those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And I think he's looking at a lot of children's hearts when he does that. They qualify for the kingdom. There's no junior Holy Spirit. They receive the same spirit you do and I do. Children can go into maturity faster than us in the things of God because they already are dependent. And I think that's one of the things God loves about children. That's why, the, you know, we spoke about this last week, but they were shooing them away the other week because they, they, in worldly terms, didn't think they were significant. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't forbid them because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And I think it's happening in in the direction of God. But the third thing here, not only is God's word rare today, not only is God at work in our children. Here's number three. We need to bring our children to know God. We need to help them to know God. And that was partly what Eli was doing. Uh, You notice it says in verse seven, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Okay, interesting. God can speak to kids who don't yet know him. Okay, they might not be in church yet. (laughs) They might be anywhere. God can get hold of their lives and speak to them. It's not only our kids here. It can be any any child. God loves them all. Amen. They didn't yet, he didn't yet know the Lord. So praise God that Eli was there in the temple to help Samuel grow in the things of God. And I want to encourage us to help our children to know the Lord, to, to help them to, so that the word of the Lord may be revealed to them. And one of the first things we can do is to help our children come to faith in Jesus themselves. One of the things we love to do in Ignite, and it happens regularly, is an opportunity is given at different times for the children and young people there to give their lives to Jesus. And to become Christians. And to pass from death to life. From darkness to light. And to receive forgiveness of their sins. And to know Jesus as their friend, Lord and Savior. Now, that's also something that you can do at home. You can pray with your children. Or grandchildren or godchildren. And you can invite them. Would you like to know Jesus? Do, have, have you heard the message of the gospel? I think I've shared this before. But one day, around the Sunday kitchen table we're having lunch as a family and Caroline and I said to our kids can you explain the good news of Jesus to us we just want to know what you just to see what you know without we're not going to help you just tell us what do you understand about the gospel God's good news through Jesus for you and it was really helpful for us to see 
what, how they described the gospel to us. And we were able then to help and encourage and, and also speak um, truth in that situation to them. And again, it's about helping them understand and grasp. So they're learning about the grace of God today. What about the dinner table today? Why don't we continue that conversation about the grace of God and the goodness of God and, and the gospel? And we want our children to know Jesus as their Savior and as their Lord. And you can have the joy and the privilege, you know, wherever, of, of helping your children come to faith in Jesus. We can talk more about that another time. But also to teach them the Bible. To teach them the Bible stories. To teach them, as I said earlier, the things of God. To read the Bible with them. To pray with them. To encourage them. And to explore the big questions of life with them. To encourage them to use their mind. They're full of questions. Now you may think, I don't know any of the answers. That's okay. None of us really know all the answers. We all have to go and find out the answers. And then keep the discussion going. And, and we can always help with that as well. You can get your kids Bible reading notes. You can, you can help them to find um, you know, stuff online that's going to be good for them. There's so much, isn't there? We're all kind of on the watch for things that are not good. But there's also a lot of really good things that they can find on YouTube and on all the things that they watch. Things that will be helpful and discipling for them. Pray with them. Worship with them. Serve as well with them. We want them to see serving as well as, you know, receive. There's a number, there's a number of youths about youth, about youth and children, um, myths about children and youth ministry. You know, one of them might be, for example, you know, myth number one, leave it to the professionals, you know. Uh, I'm not going to get involved in that. Uh, leave it to, it's a bit like, you know, do with school, you know, leave it, leave it to school to teach them algebra or something like that. Um, but, you know, don't leave it to the Ignite team to lead your children to Christ. Don't leave it to them to do all the discipling if you're a parent today. You are the number one discipler of your children and young people as their parent. God's given you authority. He's given you um, uh, uh, the, 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 the relationship with them. He wants you to disciple them. Now, none of us do it perfectly. Of course we don't. But he wants us to do it anyway. So that's one myth to bust. Don't leave it to the professionals or the experts. There aren't any anyway. Um, uh, we're all learning at this. Uh, the second one is um, some people think, oh, they're too young. They're too young. You know, how can, how can they really know about God or the things of God? They're only small. Actually, they're, not, they're never, ever too young. What did it say in Timothy? From an infant, from infancy, you've known the Holy Scriptures. That's the time when they're sponges to get it in them, you know. Get them to know the Bible. Get them memorizing. I remember getting our Lucy when she would be like, you know, six to memorize Romans 5.8. And she still she knows it. You know, God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. She could tell me that verse because we encouraged her to learn and memorize verses from the Bible. Uh, so they're never too young. And also the one, another myth might be, you know, they're not interested. <laughs> You know, they're only interested in their phones or they're only interested in whatever it might be. Well, I honestly believe that, I mean, I know children and young people go through different ages and stages where sometimes they're sort of, they're like elastic bands. Sometimes they sort of go further and come in and then go out and come in again. <laughs> sometimes they're like that. But 
when they, they are interested in seeing genuine faith. They're not interested in hypocrisy. They're not interested in fake, but they are interested in what's real. They are interested in seeing how faith works for you. They're, in, they're looking at us and wondering, are we, when we raise our hands on Sunday, the same in the house, in the kitchen, or not? And that's what they're after. They are interested in the real thing, real Christianity, Jesus, not a sort of um, hypocrisy. But I would encourage us, you know, we, ha- we want to be there to support, care, help, be on the front foot with discipleship in our homes, leading our children to Christ and leading them to know him better. Of course, it goes up, down, and sideways. Of course, it, it, it has good and bad moments. I don't want anyone to think that it's only ever just like this. You know, of course it's not. Some, it's bumpy. You can have ups and downs. We all have them. I've had them. We have them in our house. Ups and downs. But, but we're still determined to keep going. And then number four. Here's number four. Uh, not only do we need to help our children and young people know God, but also um, discipleship happens mainly at home. So I should have said under the, the previous point, you know, if you want to help not just at home, you can join the Ignite team, by the way. And as I've, I showed you this last week, there, are, there should be these at the back, which are forms that you can fill in to actually join the Ignite team because we really want to have, we love our Ignite team and we do under 18s here at St. Mary's. If they all came at once, they don't, but neither do you. Uh, (laughs) So, touche. But um, overall, there's about 100 and they all need somebody to invest in them. And if not you, who? And if not now, when? So, go for it. Get involved. Share, pass on what Jesus has given you to the next generation. That's the best thing you can do. Uh, so discipleship is, happens mainly at home, which of course is not perfect, but is so important. Let's look at verse 13. And here's, here's a bit of the grit, okay, in what I'm going to share today. It's not very easy to hear this, but it's important. For I, look verse 13, for I told him, this is when Samuel is describing to Eli the word that God had given to Samuel. Uh, So God's saying, for I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. For his sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Wow. Uh, And that is just a reminder to us, Eli like us, it wasn't perfect. But there's, there's a word here for us to really take on board and a lesson to learn. If Eli was here as a mentor for parents or grandparents, he might say, if, in all my learning, here's what I've learned. Don't make the same mistake I made, Eli might say. I neglected my kids' discipleship. That's what Eli might say. I didn't restrain them. I didn't say no sometimes. I just let them get on with it. And actually, there's, some, there's a word here, and I want to pour encouragement on parents, but I also want to also remind us all, and I speak as a parent, that we have a duty, and we want to bring up our children 
to know the Lord, which sometimes will mean we've got to be intentional and invest. And there are times where we need to help our children to say no to sin, to deny ungodliness, to turn away from things that we know are wrong. I spoke to a teacher a year or so ago, and I always remember one of the things this teacher said to me, a secondary school teacher, who said one of the things they find in, in teaching and in their relationship with families is that lots of parents don't know how to say no. And I say that with gentleness and love, but sometimes we have to say no with gentleness, with care, with compassion, yes, not harsh, never harsh, but lovingly say no. That is sin. That is going to lead you away from God. That's going to take you down a dark path. You know, the proverb says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So we've, one of the things we are called to do is teach our children wisdom. And part of that is to fear the Lord. Part of that is to say no, teaching us to deny ungodliness. And sometimes we have to do that. So I just want to gently but firmly encourage us as God's people and parents with encouragement. Let's do that. And if you struggle with that, talk to others who can support you because we want to support everyone. Sometimes our vulnerabilities are very in our, you know, right in our faces and it is hard. If you need help, please we talk because we are we have massive empathy and compassion where it's tough. Uh, so I don't want this to come across harshly, but also I want it to to say it clearly at the same time. We need it, it is loving our children. Uh, you know, the the as quoted from Ephesians last week. You know, father admonition of the Lord, uh, and sometimes that means that we. Take a stand for what um, the the fifth lesson we can learn here from uh, from this passage about leading children and young people to Jesus is that God is with our children. Let's look at these final few verses. In verse nine, eighteen, it says, "The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground." All Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. There there are discipleship lessons coming all over this story of scripture. But the Lord is with Samuel. And we want God to be with our children and young people. It says he was with Samuel as he grew up. You know, Samuel wasn't like Jesus. He wasn't perfect. <laughs> he would have had good and bad days, and he would have sinned, and he would have messed up, and everything else. But as he grew up, the Lord was with him. And that's what we pray for every one of our children and young people that we have influence in over. God, be with them. God, as they grow up, We pray that they will grow up to know you. They will grow up to love you, to serve, to to give, to share, to be disciples of Jesus. And it says that the Lord let none of his words fall to the ground. So there was also a wonderful wisdom that was on Samuel. There was a gifting on him. 
to be a prophet. And Samuel made a difference to a nation. A whole nation was touched. And because of Samuel, the word of the Lord wasn't rare anymore because Samuel was the one to bring the word of the Lord. And he anointed kings and he changed the nation. And when God was looking for someone like that, he chose Samuel, a boy, and he raised them up. Discipleship doesn't happen in five minutes. This is a lifetime. And as I described about Timothy, it was generations going back of discipleship that made an impact on him. And so we need to sow the seeds now if we want to see our children in the generation to come serve the Lord and none of their words fall into the ground and the gifting God's given them to be fully released and some of them will even change the nation. Five minutes. This is, this is seed sowing now. This is investing now. This is sometimes saying no now. This is encouragement now. This is investing and supporting and leading them to Jesus now, it won't, don't put it off to tomorrow because God is with our children and there is hope, life, um, there is good to come. We need to trust in the Lord. As I shared last week, you know, with my own children, the Lord gave me a word a few years ago, don't worry, I've got them. You know, because I do worry. <laughs> I, I worry about my kids like you might worry about yours. Um, but God has got them. I, that was the word. I stood in the prayer queue when I was waiting. I tell you what, I, I heard that word from the Lord. And you know when God speaks and you never forget it. And sometimes I've had to hold on to it as I've prayed for them. And I want to encourage you to pray for your kids, your grandkids, those kids around you. God's got them. The Lord and, sorry, adult kids, thank you. We, God has got them. And we want to pray that God will be at work. So I'm going to close just by inviting us to commit ourselves today to the generation that's coming. That is here now, but is also going to be raised up. Let's be a church that commits ourselves to the generation that's coming through now. Uh, And our kids and our young people and those generations. The Bible says one generation will commend your works to another. And that's up to us. And also to close with the encouragement again, you are vital. You are needed. You are important in the purposes of God. Don't be discouraged. Don't feel you, you know, if you feel, I'm conscious some people, in any time these things happen, sometimes people feel, oh, I've failed. I've, I've done the wrong thing. Do you know what? Just May God give us a fresh start today and say, Lord, from today, I'm going to commit myself to, to, to going the right path and to bringing them up in the, in the nurture of the Lord and to getting support where I need that support and to, and to being more of the parents, grandparents, godparents, Ignite team members that God has called us to be. And we will see God do wonderful things. Amen. There is hope rising, but it's going to come. It won't be, it's not a magical hope. It's hope that's actually in you now that you need to transfer to them. That's how it works. And may God help us. Should we stand? I'm going to pray for us.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just a, a prayer for parents. Jesus, we come to you just as we are. When we're tired, when we don't know what next to do, when we may feel confused, Jesus, please fill us with your spirit. Help us to keep loving. Help us to keep loving unconditionally. I pray for parents to receive encouragement in the name of Jesus. Receive the encouragement of the Lord. Parents, keep going. Parents, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. God is God loves your children. God loves you. God is for you. And I just pray today for that spirit spark of vision and life and blessing to flow. I pray, Father, for reconciliation where that's needed as well in families. I pray for forgiveness. I pray, Heavenly Father, for grace. I pray for patience in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. Jesus, come. Bring your healing. Bring your peace. Bring a vision, Father, of what you want to do. And I just want to pray for a new day for parents. God's given you a new day. God's given you a new hope. May God rise up in you a new love, a new, a fresh vision for your family that Jesus will give you and that he is with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Thank you, Father. I pray for revival in homes. Pray for the Spirit of God. Break down our walls at home. Break down those walls in families in the name of Jesus. Break down those walls, we pray. And soften our hearts to one another, Lord. Father, where we've maybe got hard in our hearts, Jesus, soften, soften, soften our hearts. Let fresh love be birthed in homes. In the name of Jesus, Father, we come against all forms of abuse and neglect as well. And we pray in the name of Jesus for the wonderful love of God to fill every home, every home, every home in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just receive from the Lord this morning. The Lord is here with gifts of grace. The Lord is here with encouragement. The Lord is here for us. And he's just reach out and touch him. If you need that fresh anointing on your family, the Lord is here for you. Parents, God loves you and he loves your kids. Come Holy Spirit. And all of us today, whether you're single, whether you are in any, whatever, whatever structure or family you're in, or friendship, you know, may the Lord Jesus come to you today and we pray that he would be at work in all of us as a church family and as a church community for our kids and young people in this church family come holy spirit and be at work for your glory in jesus name we pray
Amen. Amen. And there's going to